Ladies and gentlemen, the following podcast is scheduled for one fall. It's going to have a 60-minute time limit. I'm Sean McHugh, joined by me, myself, and I. That's right, I apologize, but I am pulling a Jason Derulo right now, and I'm going solo. Rob uh, Langston and the works, unfortunately, to quote Jeff Goldblum, life finds a way to get in the way and therefore it's just been very difficult to talk about wrestling especially after the straight 14 days of madness that we saw weeks prior but I just couldn't sit back any longer without trying to just talk about what's happened especially in what I think has been the biggest victory of Wrestlemania week and the wrestling uh, zeitgeist in whole which has been NXT. So let's uh, let's ring that bell and let's just get right into it. So we're starting off. We're talking about NXT Stand and Deliver. Right out the gate, you've got Pete Dunne versus Kushida, which uh, Rob and I both predicted was going to start off this card. But my prediction was that the inevitable winner, or loser, but the inevitable winner was going to turn and turn his sights towards the NXT North American Championship. So when Pete Dunne ended up taking the win, I was pretty set in the fact that he was going to turn his sights towards the North American Championship and Kushida was unfortunately going to be taking that back seat and eventually we would figure out where Kushida is going to fall. My goodness, was I wrong. Now, I'm going to get into why I was so flipping wrong about Kushida a little later on, because I think Night 2 brings a little bit more um, light as to des- as to describe why I was so freaking wrong about this. But uh, Pete Dunne ends up with a, with a solid win, and in a fantastic match, by the way. Again, this is the continuation of the TakeOver cycle that I've seen where I have yet to see a terrible match at TakeOver. Like, I'm going all the way back to, like, Arrival. Like, we're talking OG TakeOvers, it, like, where Juice Robinson was fucking CJ Parker and all that nonsense. Like, it, I've yet to see a bad match put on at any TakeOver. And to start off with Pete Dunne and Kushida with really little build, just knocked it out of the park. I mean, the two of them are the best workers. Pete Dunne is still able to come out of this barking to be the best technical wrestler in the world and I just I want him to keep holding that title and and keep fighting for it fighting f- with it I don't I don't re- really know but it's just a great it's a great story for Pete Dunne to take now it hasn't I mean granted we're two weeks out from takeover and it's yet to really capitalize unlike Kushida which again this is kind of a spoiler for the end of the episode or the later part of the episode but clearly we're going to talk about Kushida when push comes to shove I just, I really can't wait to see where Pete Dunn ends up going from here. Uh, we followed that up with uh, the six-man gauntlet eliminator match, which was Bronson Reed, Isaiah Swerve, Cameron Grimes, LA Knight, Dexter Lumis, Leon Ruff, where I think, I mean, everybody thought, including us, on, on paper, this had to be LA Knight or Dexter Lumis, and surprisingly, they get taken out like mid-match. I mean, this was a, a huge surprise that the last three guys in the ring end up being Cameron Grimes, 
Swerve Scott and Bronson Reed, and then the the Colossus himself, Bronson Reed, ends up taking the victory, which I really, I just liked because of the fact that I didn't see it coming, and like, I get it, like, you know, wrestling's gonna be wrestling, but a lot of the times, like, I have a, not, not that I have a pretty good indication, but most of my, most of my, my shots in the dark end up being kind of close, and this one, I was way off, and I was so happy to be way off. Bronson Reed ends up taking the win, and he's going to end up challenging Johnny Gargano night two, which again, we're going to get to a little later just because we have a night one and a night two, and then I've got two weeks of, of NXT that I want to talk about because the storyline continues throughout that, and it's been amazing the entire way. Um, the next match specifically, though, in night one, Walter Tommaso Ciampa. My God, was, again, was I wrong in a match? I really thought, well, not actually, no. In this one, I wasn't wrong. I thought Walter was going to take the win. I thought it was going to be kind of decide, or like one-sided, but this was a war, an unexpected war, because it had very little buildup, but Walter and Tommaso Ciampa put on a match my, I, it was hard hitting. It was ridiculous. Rob was blowing up my phone during the match. Now I didn't get to watch live because of children. And again, quote Jeff Goldblum, life gets in the way. I, I wasn't able to watch it live, but I had to stop Rob from telling me a little bit too much because apparently this match was so insane that, and rightfully so, that he was trying to tell me about it mid mid match. But I thought. Now, my if, if you recall, my original prediction was that Walter was going to win this, but then lose to Rampage Brown. So immediately, I had to watch Rampage Brown versus Walter before night two could commence. And in watching so, I was shocked that Rampage Brown did not take the title. So despite the fact that they filmed it ahead of time, Rampage Brown didn't take the title. Walter didn't drop the title. Therefore, Walter is still your champion. He is, he is on a two, I think a two plus year run at this point with the championship, which is just utterly ridiculous. He is, he is completely destroyed Pete Dunne's record and Pete Dunne needs to change his Twitter bio because he still claims to be the longest reigning NXT UK champion, which is clearly no longer true. But it is just, the, the match itself was just hard hitting I, like, legit did not know who was going to walk away with it, and just top to bottom was a fantastic match, and honestly, I would love to see the rematch, but again, we are two weeks past uh, NXT TakeOver at this point, and honestly, I, I haven't dialed into NXT UK, but there's very little direction as to, as to what is happening with the UK Championship, at least from the NXT perspective. Um... And again, I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. But we then move on to the triple threat tag team match, which, uh, again, we called would probably be like a not even a sleeper because triple threat tag team matches are always fantastic for NXT. And on top of that, you've got the high flyers of MSK and Legato del Fantasma with the grizzled young, grizzled young veterans. And again, the grizzled part just has to kind of dial in because... They know classic tag team wrestling. The only team that I've ever seen that's done it better is the Revival slash FTR slash who, I mean, whatever you want to call them, but they're not on, you know, they're not on WWE anymore. 
But, I mean, the three of them, the three teams, I should say, in one match was fan-freaking-tastic. And as expected, MSK ends up taking the win, which, I mean, writing on was on the wall. They sh- would have had it probably two, three weeks ago if it wasn't for a hand injury. But frankly, I think it works out better for them that they take it here. It, 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 it gives them the opportunity to, like, win it on the big stage as opposed to the... Uh, the women's tag team championships were, you know, Raquel and Dakota, which I've argued against for a while, were just, quote unquote, given the belts. And then they lost it like 10 minutes later. But again, I, I, I got to get off that soapbox. I know because Raquel, my girl, takes on Io Shirai in the main event at night one. And frankly, <sighs> If it wasn't for the fact that some of those matches ran long because this was on night one, so this was on USA and and had to fit a timeline, they probably could have gone another 10 minutes and it would have still been as epic and as brilliant. That was a fantastic women's match. I am so glad that they got to uh, main event night one. Raquel ends up taking the victory over Io Shirai again. Fantastic match. I have no quarrels with it. I have no problems with it. The only problem I have, again, is the fact that they could not go longer. And uh, that was just because this is like night one of them trying to be on Peacock and night one of of NXT Stand and Deliver. So there was a lot of hiccups that we just, you know, you just didn't see coming and you you can only do so much about because, I mean, I I imagine the six-man gauntlet match kind of ran a little long. I'm looking at the times here as well. Like, that ran a little long. I mean, Walter and Tommaso Ciampa was almost 17 minutes, but it was brutal from start to finish, so I have no, I have absolutely no problems with that. I just, I really feel like they could have been given, maybe not another 20, but another 10, like another solid 10 minutes, and it still would have been just as exciting um, as the first 13, or whatever you want to call it. And, yeah, I just, I love the match. I love the build-up to it. Like it was, it was just fantastic. And since then, uh, you know, Raquel's kind of taken the turn, and she's—I don't know if she's f- like the the face or the good girl or not, but whatever it is, I'm loving it. Uh, I'll get into that in a second. Let me let me let me turn the turn the page here to night two of NXT Stand and Deliver, because again, I feel like if I'm being perfectly honest, NXT put on the best two nights of wrestling. So we're talking 10 matches. And if you even even if you watch the pre-show matches, 12 because night 1 Zoe Stark and Tony Storm honestly put on a great match and like I again, I may not be understanding or following the the Zoe Stark trend, but she can work. She can put on a match, she can, you know, hold her own. Uh, the the mic work is is going to come, but like the actual in-ring ability is great, and then night two was was Killing Dane, Drake Maverick, and Brazongo. You put the four of them in anything, I don't care how long it is, they're gonna perform. And I mean, they they did just that. And the winners, the winner of that match received NXT Tag Team Championship match, which played out on the first ever Tuesday night NXT after Takeover. Uh, Killing Dane and Drake Maverick ended up winning. Over Brazongo, which led to a rematch between the two, uh, Killian and Drake versus MSK. But again, 
I don't want to get too far ahead of myself because I still need to talk about what happened night two in general. Um, the opening match was... Uh, I, originally, I sat there and I said, I don't understand this match. So it was Santos Escobar, Jordan Devlin, the cruiserweight unification match. I just didn't understand why it needed to have a ladder. But my God. That, that match was just... I mean, that was on par... And I, I might be stepping out of turn here, and you know, obviously Rob's not here to yell at me to tell me otherwise, or Langston's not here to to just laugh in my face when I say this. But I feel like it was just on par with with Sean and Razor, like from from WrestleMania 10. It was just it was classic. Like the latter spots weren't too overdone. I mean, the the like the biggest spot was. Jordan Devlin taking the fall at the end where he just crashes through a ladder. Like, there wasn't like a... Obviously, you know, it's not Jeff Hardy and Edge and and Christian and the Dudleys and all this where it's just nonsense and and just anarchy all around. I mean, it was... Every ladder opportunity was just well thought out. And again, like, originally I'm just like, well, this, this doesn't need a ladder. Like, these two as just cruiserweights could put on a clinic, and adding in a ladder didn't seem to make much sense, but in the finish, and with the addition of, like, Legato coming in to interfere, it made a lot more sense. So, I, you know, again, at the time, I didn't see the reasoning for the ladder. After watching it, I went, my god, that was a great technical ladder match and that's like I don't mean technical in terms of like quote unquote like legitimately like a technical wrestling match that just happened to have ladders it was so good um again Santos ends up taking it with a solid headbutt that sends Jordan into this brilliant ladder spot breaking through a ladder that was propped up in the corner which leads to again a great moment on the first ever Tuesday NXT UK or NXT, which I'll get to in a second because actually that part I did call, but uh, we'll get to that in a minute. The 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 third match, uh, I just I need to take a moment because my my girls, my girls Candice and Indy of the way just could not get it done with. Uh, with Ember Moon and Shotzi Blackheart. Um, Ember and Shotzi end up carrying the belts. <sighs> you know, I you know, I really wanted the way to like hold all the titles. And obviously, again, we're two weeks out. There's been some developments, as we'll put it, that I I'll I'll get into in a in a minute here, but I I again a great match like honestly all things considered for a women's tag team match it was just great it was very well put together a lot of great spots nothing too crazy just solid and I after especially after seeing like I'm talking about this unfortunately like after watching Wrestlemania and two Raws now one Smackdown Two NXTs. Like, NXT is just dialed in. And they are doing so flippin' great. And I'm just gonna... I'm gonna harp on that. Because, you know, the the main brands, quote-unquote... Outside of SmackDown, like, it's floundering. And it's shocking. And, yes, there's COVID issues and everything like that. And I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm gonna... I'm going off on a tangent that... 
frankly, for me being by myself and, and trying to fill a void of, of elapsed. you know, talking about a lot of things, all things considered, I just, I want to get away from. So I'm not going to talk about that because I just want to focus on the good. And the good is NXT and NXT is so good. Um, so the way doesn't get the win there, but we follow it up with Johnny Gargano uh, facing Bronson Reed for the NXT North American Championship with Austin Theory. Uh, again, like, Johnny Gargano, a.k.a. Johnny freaking Takeover, uh, he he is so good in the ring. He is just dialed the fuck in. And I, like, I, I understand that I keep, I keep burying this point, but he goes in a match, like, uh, again, if you were one of the people that thought Bronson Reed was going to come out of that six-man gauntlet match as the victor, like, not Dexter Loomis, not LA Knight, even Swerve, if you thought Bronson Reed, who already had, like, a couple matches or whatever, was going to turn out to be the victor and challenge Gar- Johnny Gargano on night two, like, golf clap, man. Kudos to you, because honestly, you see something that I just don't. I love Bronson Reed, and what he's done the last two weeks on NXT, mwah, chef's kiss. Been fantastic. But I didn't really get it until I saw him in a match with Johnny. And I gotta, like, I'm, I'm sorry. I, I'm, I am, I, I'm gonna be the, the fucking flag bearer when it comes to the way. I'm going to wave that flag high because I honestly think they are the best stable in wrestling right now. And I say that crossing all brands. Raw, SmackDown, NXT, AEW, Impact, New Japan. I don't give a flying bleep. They are the best thing in terms of a stable. They are the best things happening in wrestling right now, and I will I will spend another 15 minutes probably at the end of this episode talking about how great the way is, but there is a way, and it is the Johnny Gargano way, and it works. Because Johnny Gargano put on a brilliant match with Bronson Reed. The two of them actually had great chemistry in the ring for Bronson Reed being literally three times the size of Johnny Gargano. With no interference, by the way, from Austin Theory. Like, the match itself was a bona fide fight. Mano a mano, one-on-one. Johnny freaking takeover takes the victory. And you know what? Good for him. It was so good. To me, again, the only thing that could have driven it home for me is if Candice and Indy Hartwell, Indy Wrestling, I apologize, had taken the women's championships so that the way was three-fourths of of champions all around but i understand why and i understand why because i'm i'm again i'm two weeks out we've seen some amazing things happen um during the preview episode this is a terrible segue but i really have i have no other way of getting here but during the preview episode rob and i spoke and we said how do you how do you follow up Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole in an unsanctioned match. Like the brutality of that match is is there really a way that you follow it up? And we were like, okay, well then it's got to be the demon. Well, could it be the demon? I mean, is it going to be a thing or is it just going to like I don't know. Like how do you follow up 
Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. And as we found out, shockingly, NXT had the same question. And the answer was, you don't. So the pre-main event of night two, like the fact that your championship isn't involved in this just goes to show how important the two wrestlers that actually were competing mean to you. Uh, the pre-main event was, in fact, the NXT Championship match, Karrion Cross versus Finn Balor. Uh, again, a great back-and-forth match. I, I, originally, my prediction was Finn, w- whatever happened with Finn was going to... Re- or actually, no. Yes, it was whatever happened with Finn was going to reflect on what happened with Walter. So Walter wins against Tommaso Ciampa because he obviously had to defend against Rampage Brown the next day. If he wins against Rampage Brown, Finn might drop the title. Originally, though, I could have swore that Walter was going to drop that title against Rampage Brown. Finn was going to hold on to the belt against Karrion Cross. Karrion Cross is going to be, uh, to quote Cameron Grimes, to the moon. And he was going to be heading off to the main rosters. But I... You know what? It it's been a it's been a rough week for me. I was once again way off. Um, Karrion Cross ends up taking the victory. I'm not gonna say decidedly. Again, it was a fantastic match from top to bottom. Just hard hitting, like no no interference, no need for interference when it's all said and done. And Karrion Cross, I mean, takes takes the solid victory from Finn. And again, being that we're two weeks out. We haven't seen anything from Finn. We've seen no reaction. We've seen no contention. Uh, I'll get into in a second why it, I, I have a theory on some things, but I'll, I'll get into that in a minute. Um, simply because that's all going to be post-takeover. But in the meantime, again, Karrion Cross put on a great match. I mean, deservedly so. He should be the NXT champion because... He was set up for it, he was dialed in, and he was going to have that run, and he was going to have a solid run. And unfortunately, the the shoulder injury against uh, Adam Cole kept him, or no, sorry, Adam Cole, uh, Keith Lee kept him away from that. And, you know, he had to drop the belt, he, he went away for a little while, but they, COVID times, I mean, this, like, this whole year needs to have an asterisk, asterisk next to it, and... I don't know. I don't hate that fact, but at the same time, it, you know, it's it's just one of those. Uh, and this is something that actually, with NXT, it doesn't carry as much because NXT has actually had people in the crowd, and they've actually they've thankfully expanded since Standard Delivered. They did a fantastic job of of doubling the crowd size at Standard Deliver and have carried it so. Honestly, I think NXT's biggest concern is when fans come back, they're not going to have that giant screen to play with because they have utilized the crap out of that thing and they've done it again so well. So if the Thunderdome ends up disappearing from NXT, that's going to be their biggest problem because they're going to have a hard time promoting matches when you can't do the brilliant shots that they've done with like guys in the ring with perfect fucking, you know, uh, Photoshop images behind them, but uh, sorry, I'm, I'm on a tangent here. Uh, yeah, I just Carrion ends up taking the win. 
he he he's clearly sticking around NXT a little longer than I think maybe any of us expected, but you know, there he is. Um and that's gonna lead us to the fact of the match that we didn't actually see being the main event. We did and we didn't. Like it was one of those where we talked about it and we said this clearly should be the main event, but we didn't actually think they were gonna do it. Uh Kyle O'Reilly and Adam Cole. I mean, again, We've seen unsanctioned matches. We've seen hardcore matches. We have seen all that kind of nonsense and bullshit over the last, you know, however long that any of you have watched wrestling. For me personally, it's been, my God, it's been almost 30 years, which just proves that I need a walker as I come up to the microphone every day. But they, Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly managed to do some shit in that ring with, with, weapons that I honestly haven't seen and I've I've watched a lot of wrestling I've watched a lot of unsanctioned matches I've watched a lot of you know granted I'm, I'm not super deep dive into PWG and ROH and their archives and everything like that but I mean tying the tying a chain to one side of the ring and then pulling it up like a you know pulling it up to create an actual clothesline I just I I yeah, I I <laughs> I loved everything about it, and I just, it's one of those where I just sat there and went, I've I have never seen that, and it was so just great to see it. It was great to see two guys who clearly have a history and two guys who clearly are open to just letting each other shine. Because even in the po- like, I don't know if anybody happened to see uh, on the NXT following on Tuesday. They showed Adam Cole and Kyle O'Reilly getting wheeled into the hospital. And Adam Cole is still cursing out Kyle O'Reilly, telling him he's going to beat his ass and telling him he's like, he's screwed up. Like, he's going to take him down. All the, like, he is still spewing. Like, the match is over. The match has been over. They had the the spot through the stage, like the Starcade slash AEW style stage. You know, they planted each other through that. They had the the double chain spot they had the chairs back to back spot they had and then the finale which again was just a brilliant little you know nod of kyle o'reilly dialing up and and wrapping his his uh shin and knee with that chain and just dropping it right into the rape cage so cole really couldn't breathe and kick out like just so and then even even the after effect so we see you know we see kyle o'reilly he's leaving all right cool everything's fine and then they pull like a an undertaker 30 uh undertaker wrestlemania 30 where like after he gets behind the curtain suddenly kyle's fallen over which leads you to have the perfect moment where you have the two of them you have kyle and adam cole in the hospital Again, like they are carting them down the hallway together, and I don't, I don't know why. I just, but I love it. Adam Cole is shouting at the top of his lungs, cursing out Kyle O'Reilly, talking about how much he's gonna kick his ass when he's. But like, I really wanted him to try and reach over and grab him, and like both the gurneys to collide together. It didn't happen that way, but you know what? I mean, all things considered, I'm, if that's if that's the only thing I'm gonna be upset about, then. I'm uh I'm all right with it. Um yeah, I mean that I mean that puts a that puts a pin in the NXT stand and deliver like pay-per-view and again 
if you're if you want to compare it to the whole of WrestleMania week, which again, like a lot transpired between Monday when we first started kind of recapping everything, and I don't even really know where to end it because I still technically haven't gotten there. Uh, or actually, no, it would have been Friday. It would have been Friday. Um, Friday, like last Friday, and I, I, I still stand by it. NXT put on the best show at like if you take both nights and combine them into one, it was the better show. WrestleMania was fantastic. Like I should say, WrestleMania night one was phenomenal. WrestleMania night two wasn't. It was good. I'm not gonna say it was great, but it 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 was good. But the the issues I have with that are are an, a complete other episode that I want I want to have like ample time to talk about. But if I'm just talking about NXT from top to bottom, NXT was a solid product. It was a continuous product, and then as again because as we're about to get into. We are two weeks post NXT Stand and Deliver. And the post episodes have continued the stories, continued the arcs, and continued everything in such a phenomenal way that just gives me faith for the future. Simply because, I mean, if, if rumors abound, the old man has no touch point on NXT until they get up to the main rosters, which means... Triple H, HBK, Road Dog, uh, Steve Carino. I mean, like, the list goes on of the guys who are actually in control in NXT. But outside of maybe a few visual choices, which I'm going to question in about 30 seconds, the storylines and the wrestling have been the best things happening in all things professional wrestling, in this guy's opinion. And I think that is the perfect lead-in to NXT's inaugural episode on Tuesday nights, where we started off, Karrion Cross just lays it down. Karrion Cross shows up, I'm the champion, Finn Balor tried and failed, he didn't take it, what was mine, I now run NXT, you want it, you want some, come get some. I mean, it was classic shit. And it was solid. I mean, like the whole, you know, he's he's cutting that promo. Scarlet is just, you know, gaga over everything he's saying, which I think really helps sell the character, which just sells the fact that he he thinks he's the shit, he knows he's the shit, and her backing him really just dials it home. Thirty minutes elapsed. Thirty minutes remain. I apologize. I, I haven't had to talk this much in an episode, so I'm gonna have to take some <laughs> take some <laughs> sips of water here and there. Um we follow we follow up uh, carrying cross with what I think was almost the greatest swerve of WrestleMania week and 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 a, a brilliant moment. So again, if we backtrack here, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull it back a little bit. I was surprised. I wasn't surprised with Santos Escobar winning the ladder match because. I felt that Jordan Devlin was destined for bigger things in NXT UK because 
Jordan Devlin had beaten these guys soundly, so it just made sense that eventually he was going to become a part of the bigger picture in NXT UK. So with him not winning, as much as I wanted him to win because I wanted to see him continue to fight these guys in the US where he hasn't had the matches and honestly could have put on some fucking thrilling affairs. He loses the belt, but with Santos Escobar winning, like it was a weird end too, because you see Santos Escobar, he's out there with Legato and then he's got his kid and it's like, wait, is Santos turning? Like, does he taking a face turn here? And you know, I, I did, I honestly didn't know what to expect from it. So then come Tuesday night, you know, he walks out and he issues the open challenge. And in my head, I, I'm running down the list of who could have who could have bought into it. I'm like, is Tyler Breeze coming back out? You know, Oni Lorkin because Danny's injured. I mean, Oni's fought on 205 before. Uh, it could have been, you know, Angel Garza, Umberto Ramos, uh, any of the guys from Raw. Like somebody could have taken a step back to come fight him. But no, we get Kushida. After after the loss to Pete Dunne, Kushida comes out. Not only comes out, like he's rocking like the the tight shorts, the the time splitter shorts, which is again very off character for what he's been doing. And he comes out and he beats Santos Escobar in a phenomenal match. But he ends up beating him like in the, one of those sessions where it's the the two count roll ups and just Kushida ends up holding on to it for a three. Which I love. Like, I, I I've always am somebody who's going to say that those kind of finishes are always great. Because there's, a, you know, when, when, you're the, when you're the guy who's watched wrestling for so long, you kind of expect that to just be the, alright, well, they're going to do this, 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 kick out, move into the finish, whatever the case may be. Especially during a title match. Like, a lot of the times you kind of turn a blind eye to the fact that a match could actually end at any minute because, you know, it, it just it hasn't happened. And so when it did, I mean, I lost my shit. I, I, I'm, I've been a Kushida stan forever. And the fa- I, I, I've openly said on this podcast that I'm mad that Kushida, like, hasn't... I'm, I'm not going to say hasn't done anything because he's, he's done some great things and his matches have all been stellar. But, like, honestly, they've just kind of you know, they put him in the back of the line. I just didn't understand why. And then after watching this match, I just, I got hope again. Like I have hope in my heart that like Kushida is going to be something again. So Kushida wins this match and it's great. And it's just like, oh, like fuck yes. And they, and they give the full celebration and then they go to the back and Devlin comes in and it's like, all right, well he just lost, uh, you know, four or five nights prior. So like, what's his reaction going to be? He's like, you're lucky. I have to go back to to the UK, which sells our point that he is destined for bigger things in the NXT in NXT UK. But then simultaneously, let's Kushida know when I come back, I want that belt. Which, in my heart, I want Kushida to hold on to this thing. Like, let's say SummerSlam. I like obviously again COVID era. Who the who the fuck knows actually like how the world is gonna be, but. If you give me the chance to have Kushida and Jordan Devlin in a one-on-one match, no gimmicks, no nonsense, for this Cruiserweight Championship, I will lose it. 
because that match is going to even even if it's Johnny and Tommaso part seven, I don't give a shit. That match, Jordan Devlin and Kushida is going to steal the show, no matter what card it's on, and frankly, could main event whatever card it's on. Um, continuing that trend, let's talk about what happened in the week after. So Kushida wins against Santos Escobar, and then he says, you know, he he cuts a, a limited promo, but a good promo comes out no shoes this time. Like, he, he is delving more into the MMA style that he is undefeated for in Japan, and openly says, I won this title in an open challenge, I'm going to defend this title in an open challenge, which is equally as exciting, because, I mean, between between the fact that you haven't seen a lot of the guys from 205 Live on NXT, but, like, the potential that anyone across all brands like this I mean this is this is akin for me to the John Cena open challenge where you've got anybody across any brand who happens to be under 205 could pop up in NXT to fight Kushida like we're talking about guys who haven't been used at all fuck god god damn like Rey Mysterio granted I I mean I don't think it would happen but I would lose my shit if it did like Rey Mysterio could come down and fight Kushida one-on-one like, how, how insane would that be? I mean, somebody tell me I'm wrong. But Rey Mysterio and Kushida fighting one-on-one for... I mean, because Rey Mysterio went to Japan and wanted to fight Liger and just, unfortunately, injuries didn't allow it to happen. So, for him to be able to fight Kushida now on the WWE stage for the NXT Cruiserweight Championship, which is, I mean, just another belt that Rey hasn't ever held, but would be between two of the best junior heavyweights slash cruiserweight champions in the history of the industry i sorry i just i'm uh again i'm 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 pontificating here and spending probably way too much time on what i think would be a brilliant match but i i will digress and i will back up and we'll we'll just we'll leave it to see what happens uh one of the one of the other uh great moments for nxt uh first Tuesday, I don't really know what to call it, but, you know, the 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 follow-up to NXT Stand Deliver, the first Tuesday show of NXT, was also the debut of Frankie Monet, hashtag Taya Valkyrie, hashtag Loera Loca. She shows up uh, with her pup, which uh, he hasn't actually been given a name, so I don't, I like, I kind of want to still call the dog Frankie, but obviously the dog's not Frankie, but she take you know she takes her time to to interrupt Raquel Gonzalez and and you know drops knowledge on on uh, her wanting to step up in NXT and cause some ruckus and I mean it, it was very good it, it was a lot of fun she ends up double kind of doubling down the next week and doing the same thing with Io Shirai and it kind of leads like like at this point is when is she going to debut like unfortunately she got some shit and i want to say it's more for the outfit she wore which is just bullshit but fucking stan's gonna stand i don't even know you know just for her little her turtleneck number i i, I hate wrestling fans i love wrestling fans and i hate wrestling fans but um, you know, she got some shit for her actual debut and people just said it didn't feel like it was enough. And I think it's because they want 
her to be like straight up Taya Valkyrie and she's not like she I mean she's got she obviously she's gonna be somebody different and this is somebody different and I like it I want to see what happens and obviously again we're two weeks out from Mania and Stand and Deliver we're two weeks out from from Raw as well so if you're watching Raw like you're seeing some some shit with the Miz and Maurice and Johnny Mundo or Johnny, John Morrison, Johnny Mundo, Johnny Nitro, like the list goes on for Johnny names, but I mean, shit, it could lead to something between the four of them at, at SummerSlam or something beyond. And I, I'd love to see it. So I'm just, I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to dive into that, but I, uh, again, I'm, I'm going off topic. So I'm going to dial it back. What was great uh, though, after the initial interruption for Raquel Gonzalez, the fact that she's standing in the ring, and then you get a, a really just gorgeous moment in which Raquel Gonzalez, the newly minted uh, WWE NXT Women's Champion, is joined in the ring by Rhea Ripley, the newly minted WWE Raw Women's Champion, and finally... Bianca Belair, the newly minted WWE SmackDown Women's Champion. The three of them get in the ring and have an amazing little pose-off moment, which, uh, like, the, the, the feels part of me, the nostalgia part of me, I loved every freaking minute of it. I, the only MacGuffin for me is the fact that Bianca didn't have her plates at that point. Now, I get it. It's very, like, you know, it's it's two nights after she, three nights after she won two nights after she won. I mathematically I don't really know where we're at, but you know it's not far enough to really know how far it is after she won. But I just I wish her plates would have said Bianca to some point. Like you see him say legit boss. It doesn't take away from the photos for me. It just it's one of those that like I, I'm sure they'll edit it back in the in the hierarchy of things, but. I just, you know, yeah, it could have been a, it could have been a really just, it, the, the moment could have been stepped up maybe just a little further than, um, than it was. And I hated everything about that. So I might erase it. I don't know. Now I'm rambling, but we're going to bring it back, uh, because we're going to talk about, so that's going to bring us to the, basically the only contendership that came out of stand and deliver uh killian dane and drake maverick beat brazongo therefore they had first dibs at msk for the newly minted uh, for the new um nxt tag team championship matches and this actually ended up being a rematch of the opening round of the dusty classic in which MSK actually made their debuts. And I mean, in the same scenario, like MSK is going to hold on to these belts for a little while, but it was still a great, again, it was a great match. MSK, MSK is going to be able to hold their own. Like at, at the tag team, again, I'm, I apologize because, no, I'm not going to apologize for it. I am a huge NXT mark. I'm a huge NXT stant. Like NXT is doing no wrong at this point. Like I am, I am hard pressed to find a problem with NXT from top to like honestly the, the biggest problem if I'm if I'm being perfectly honest 
is Zoe Stark's rise because I just think she's missing something on the mic. And if that's the only thing that I have a problem with, then fine, fuck it. Like everybody can do whatever they want because she is a fantastic in-ring performer. But I just don't understand her like meteoric rise without somebody behind her. But that's a that's a that's a story for another day. Um. Anyway, we we so we get we get MSK and and Killian and, and Drake. Uh, MSK takes the win. Impre- Imperium makes the attack afterwards, which leads us to next the the week following, where Imperium continues to just dominate. They take out Everize, which uh, unfortunately, like Everize is the greatest thing that will never have enough time on on the air. And you know they take out Everize. MSK comes out for the save, uh, and then MSK comes out to save Kushida. As well, which leads to, I believe, next week is a six-man match, Imperium versus Kushida and uh, MSK. You know, it's kind of playing the same old song, but at the same time, I'm excited to see it. Like, those six men will put on a match because, again, when you put high flyers against technical wrestlers and they know how to work together, it's just magic. Like, they know how to work both styles because all six of them can work both styles, I mean, f- fucking Fabian Eichner was a was a par- was a, uh, a pillar of the initial cruiserweight classic. I mean, it's just it's gonna be great. Like I, I can't, I I just can't dial in it enough. Um, the sorry, I, I mean, outside of that, like again, I'm I'm gonna keep rambling if I if I don't get off top, or I'm gonna keep getting off top here if I don't move on. Uh, Leon Roth and Isaiah Swerve Scott, they're continuing their feud. Uh, they they had a match. There was a, a beatdown. Swerve beat down Isaiah. No, sorry. Swerve beat down Leon before the match. And then post-match, Leon beat down Swerve. They cut promos against each other. Like, obviously, this is still building. And I'm glad for them. Like, it, it's a great... It's a good story for the two of them to have. They're going back and forth. Um, 15 minutes remaining. Yeah, like I, I think it's it's good for both. They were they they eliminated each other in the gauntlet match. No, they didn't eliminate each other in the gauntlet match. Swerve eliminated Leon and then ended up blasting. But like, it's a good continuation of that. It's a good continuation of that rivalry, and I'm I'm kind of excited to see where it goes because I feel like they could have they could end up in some kind of gimmick match, and that match would be just ridiculous. So before before I get into into my just again like anybody who's listening to this podcast knows where my my heart lies and is with the heartless but before i get into into that glory um well let me just touch base on on some other things that happened in the second week post nxt stand and deliver um sarai arrived a japanese sensation from the shimmer promotion had a fantastic again like zoe stark is a fantastic competitor in the ring i understand why they want her in the ring as much as they do i just there's something missing on the mic side and i if if that's all i'm gonna miss i'm okay with it because i don't think that again i am somebody who will 100 stand behind the fact that just because somebody can't work a mic doesn't mean they can work in the ring, and that should never be held against them. Cesaro being the the paramount example of that. 
But again, Zoe Stark is a phenomenal athlete, and she understands the ins and outs of the ring, and she understands the ins and outs of wrestling. And frankly, I'm I'm good with it. Like she can keep challenging these top contenders. I just don't need some glorified promo from her ahead of time. Like just straight up, I want to fight. Cool, let's do it. Because she is she is just crushing it. Um. And really, uh, so Kushida, and then Kushida ends up holding another open challenge against Oni Lorcan. Again, phenomenal match. I, I really hope that he continues the whole open challenge scenario. And we kind of get, like, the John Cena US open challenge feel where, like, we get that that sensation of, like, well, who can show up? Because, it, like, I, I love the idea that anybody could challenge for it and I just I want that to be able to continue so I, I really hope it does um Mar- Mercedes Martinez has popped in and she's gonna be she, I think she's obviously the next contender for Raquel Gonzalez's title because she's an easy transition victory until we really find like a true contender but I'm good with it um and uh uh, out, outside again outside of the 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 best thing uh, in my opinion as to what was happening the last two weeks on NXT the second best thing has got to be my man uh Cameron to the moon grimes um do, dealing with his nfts which honestly i still have no idea what the fucking nft is but to be outbid by ted dibiase and then challenge Kyle O'Reilly and and try and get Kyle O'Reilly on his side, like all that, all that. Cameron Grimes is a tr- national treasure for NXT that should not be overlooked. And I really, I mean, like they are they are guarding him well. And I just I hope that they continue to lean on him and and give him the opportunity when the time comes to just shine. Because he, I mean, he's shining now. And there's rumors that he's gonna, you know, he's gonna actually have a have a little bit of a, a thing with Mr. DiBiase in a, in a in a minute. But my God, like just just let it ride, cause he knows what he's doing. Let that character be himself. Let him fight and do it. He put on a hell of a match against Kyle O'Reilly. It ain't even ain't even the new Kyle O'Reilly. Uh, you know what? I like it. Like he. You know he he's he's fun. He's carefree. You know some people kind of compared him to Orange Cassidy since he wore the Canadian tuxedo to the ring. But I'm not gonna go that far. Like I just think it's Kyle being Kyle. He's just you know he's opened himself up. And again he put, I mean he put on a fantastic match with Cameron. Like it was uh, it was a it was bona fide stud of a match. I can't get mad about it. Like legit, I got nothing. Like it was a fucking great match. I would, I and I would pay to see it again, but I don't have to. And I don't know what I don't know what the future is going to bring. Kyle O'Reilly's challenging carrying uh, cross. They had their whole moment, but and you know what, that is what it is. But frankly, I just I got to bring this all back to my favorite storyline because my favorite thing right now in the world of professional wrestling, specifically on NXT. And I've said it a hundred times, and I'm going to say it a hundred more. Is the way. I just, I can't. I can't. I can't. So, for those of you who, who got to experience the glory of the way, right now, we're all sitting here questioning, eh, not even questioning, y'all should be shipping Index. 
indie Hartwell Wrestling and Dexter Loomis. They so the the Tuesday after Stand and Deliver, there's an eight person intergender tag match between Bronson, Dexter Loomis, and the NXT Women's Tag Team Champions Shotzi and uh, Ember versus the Way. And that I I cannot think of a time where a regular intergender mixed tag match worked as well as an eight, let alone like it was an eight person tag team match. But I, I couldn't tell you the last time a regular tag team match worked as well as the eight person tag team match. And in the end, this just like mwah, chef's kiss of a moment. Indy, Indy fakes the injury to try and get Dexter to tag to to like carry her out of the ring. And then Austin capitalizes with a boot to the face. Austin Theory. Indy gets mad and then just positions herself outside. And as she's being and then Dexter realizes this. And as she's being carried out of the ring, gives the perfect kayfate like thumbs up grin to camera. As she's getting carried out of the ring. Like, the the way he loses the match, and, and Austin takes the pinfall after a tsunami from Bronson Reed, which makes sense. You know, it's one of those, like, it's it, it's kind of the way you, you expect things to go. But the since even, like, the Christmas shit and even before that, the way, the way, the way... Johnny Gargano, Candice LeRae, Austin Theory, and Indy Hartwell slash Indy Hartwell Wrestling have been able to work off each other is nothing short of brilliant, and I love everything about it. And I've said this from the get-go. I've said this since Christmas. I've said this since Johnny Gargano hates wheels. I've said this since Austin Theory proclaimed, it's me, comma, Austin. And it is still, it is still so, so good. So... Indy gets taken off by Dexter Loomis. Bronson Reed ends up winning via via splash. Uh, we fast forward then to to the to two weeks after Stand and Deliver, where Indy Hartwell is still enamored with Dexter Loomis. Dexter Loomis and L.A. Knight face off to continue their storyline from the Gauntlet match, which I I love. You get the guy who could probably talk the most in NXT versus the guy who will never say a word in NXT. In a, in a nice little feud and Indy comes out and it's the whole prisoners like palms to the palms to the to the glass to each other and all that nonsense Dexter takes the loss because he's too distracted by Indy um, later on Indy tries to <laughs> conduct an interview with Mackenzie just to talk about what happened when she was kidnapped and talk about her feelings with with Dexter after being thwarted by giving him a kiss post-match, by the way. <laughs> and, and you know, Candace comes out and she's playing the perfect mama bear. She pulls Indy away and she's, she's pulling her. And then Johnny, you know, the chicken shit heel of the stable, leans in and starts trying to cut his promo. And, and I just, it was pure brilliance because every time he's trying to get a word in, Anytime he took a pause, if you're paying attention, Indy is leaning in trying to say what she wanted to say from the get-go when Candace is cutting her off. And it's just so damn good. And then you've got Austin being like, I 
told Bronson Reed, or I said, Mr. Regal, if he wants a match, he's got to go through me. And Johnny's just like, what the fuck are you talking about? No, I don't want him to go through you. And he pokes him in the ribs. He's like, ow. I mean, it's just... Like this, I know this is me like basically recapping an episode of Seinfeld or Friends to you people, and I just I'm gonna tell you to go back and watch the uh, 420. Uh, I ironically the 420 episode of NXT. If you if you're not picking up what I'm saying, but just the the segments with the way five minutes for me. It's rare that you can actually see somebody be a heel and comedic at the same time, and, and the only thing that I can actually compare it to is Kurt Angle. Uh, during the evening in the invasion storyline. So Kurt Angle, you know, wearing the tiny cowboy hat, playing the guitar and all that shit. But like, you know, the, the comedic heel is very rare to get over. And the fact that it's getting over in a, in a uh, quartet or in, in a four person stable, whatever you want to call it is, is just, is just brilliant. And I love everything about it. I love every time they get on camera, it's gold. Like, they're selling everything. They're working together, and like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have to, I'm gonna ring the bell after this very moment because again, here comes a, here comes a quote, and this time it's gonna be from Seinfeld. It's gold, Jerry. It's gold. All right, look, I. <laughs> I'd like to thank everybody for for sticking sticking it out with me here, as uh, me myself and I argued about not even argued i mean we just talked about the the greatness that has been nxt since nxt stand deliver and carrying over into uh the last two weeks because frankly and i'm hoping to get into this with in in the next episode uh i'm hoping to either dive into aew uh maybe with langston or just dive into raw and smackdown and mania in general with rob or with both of them, I, I don't know. I'm still trying to get some schedules taken care of. But, uh, yeah, I just, NXT is is on a whole nother level. And even if this, you know what, like this podcast may eventually just become an NXT fanfic. Because I just, I love everything that they're doing. And I will always find a way to talk about it. Um, obviously, I don't want to just be NXT. I want to talk about the whole of wrestling in general. But... In my personal opinion, and I I welcome anybody, open challenge. Here's me casting the open challenge. Anybody who's listening to me right now, find us on Facebook, One Fall Pod. Find us on Instagram, One Fall Pod. Twitter, I'm still working on. That's a, that's you know what? That's a can of worms right there. But you find find us either of those places. Find us on Apple Podcasts, find us on Spotify, find us on Google Podcasts, find us on Stitcher, find us, find us wherever you damn well please. Come at me. I, I, I welcome the challenge, but come at me and tell me why, in your opinion, NXT isn't holding a candle. I understand that AEW may be getting more fans and or not even fans but like the demos and the nielsen ratings and all this nonsense may be leaning towards aew but if, if you want to talk to me about a purely wrestling show where every person that ends up being on that show has a clear purpose a clear story and you can sit there coming out of it going 
this is where they're going or this is what they're doing, then then please, again, I, I you know, my, my hands are available. Come get them because NXT is crushing it. And I just, I just want to talk about it because it is so good. You know what? It, like, I got one thing I hate about it, and it's frankly the fact that for some reason, after Stand and Deliver, somebody like watched Monsters Ball or like some like too many Marilyn Manson videos, and suddenly everything's got like a really gothic feel, like Castlevania style feel. But you know what? That's on them. I don't really give about, I give a shit about the aesthetic, the wrestling, and the promos, and everything that's actually happening in the ring. Mwah. The biggest of chefs kiss. I will continue to watch. I will continue to just just take it all in. And I continue to trust that this is the way. Thank you once again for joining me slash us, but joining me tonight for the One Fall podcast. Uh, I hope that I hope we're back very quickly with the next episode, and I hope that we will be dialing in we are going to give a next episode regardless is going to be a wrestlemania recap we're going to talk about everything that happened on night one and night two and uh, you know what i think that's going to take up an entire episode and then the following episode we'll dive into the follow-up slash lack thereof of a follow-up to wrestlemania which again it's the covid era man like what are we gonna do I, i i i don't blame them for it but at the same time, it's 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 really kind of hurting the the at least in my personal opinion, it's it's hurting the brand. But we'll get into that in another day, and hopefully, uh, you get to hear somebody else's voice besides my own. I certainly appreciate everybody giving me a chance and and just kind of listening to my my one man show. So thank you all very much. Uh, again, you can find us on Facebook and Instagram at One Pod. You can find us on. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify, and basically, I I, I think I've kind of dialed us into anything, any anywhere where you can find your regular scheduled podcast. Please find us there, and please feel free to shoot us a message. Let us know what your thoughts are. I always want to know. It kind of drives me crazy that I I don't get regular feedback. I got one guy, my boy David, who who shoots me uh, messages all the time. Like, please let me know your feedback. Join me in conversation. I I love talking wrestling, and I want to just continue to do so, no matter what the audience hate me, love me, whatever. I I will talk wrestling until I don't have breath in my lungs. But um, yeah, I mean that's gonna do it for us here at the One Fall Podcast. So thank you once again for joining us. We're going to catch you next time here at the One Fall Pod.